They were the Johnny Appleseeds planting the seeds of entrepreneurship. And it was exciting and so fabulous to find people that you could connect with and then meet year after year, learn from, talk about things with, go over what you're trying and doing, what works for you, what doesn't. So every year, I could not wait to go to the Macy conference to see my peeps. Welcome to Forward with Macy, inspiring entrepreneurial action, a podcast that shares the stories of everyday entrepreneurs, entrepreneurial leaders, and the communities that support us. We hope that this diverse collection of stories brings you inspiration, inspires you to take action, and ignites entrepreneurship in your community as we make our way forward together. Welcome to this episode of Forward with NACI. We're glad you're here. We are celebrating the 20th anniversary of the National Association for Community College Entrepreneurship, also known as NACI. And we have a very special guest today, Professor Diane Sabato, who is also an entrepreneur and, and a woman of many talents. So welcome to the program, Diane. We're glad that you're here. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here today. Yeah. So gotten to know you over uh, many years, I guess eight years now. And what's always fascinated me is your career path. So why don't you introduce yourself to our audience and speak with us a little bit about your career path, how you ended up doing the work that you're doing today? Absolutely. Uh, I am presently a full-time faculty member in the School of Business at Springfield Technical Community College, where NACI was actually founded. And my career path has been crooked. There's no such thing, I think, as a straight line in a career. So I actually started out in social services, and I worked for quite a few years with individuals with developmental disabilities. And after a while, I decided I, you know, at that point, I had an undergrad degree in psychology. I used that degree. I really loved what I did, but I was, I've also always had a very techie side to me not to mention the undercurrent of entrepreneurship that's sort of always been part of my life. So I decided to actually go back to Springfield Technical Community College for a certificate program and a two-year degree in computer technology and programming. So I was sort of feeding that part of my soul, as it were. And while I was in school at STCC, learning to love the college, love what they had to offer, and really get to know community colleges As a student, which was really nice, I was working at a high school doing tech support while getting that degree. So it was a pretty interesting mix of of background and talents that I was putting together. When I finished my two-year associate's degree as a microcomputer specialist, I started looking around for jobs. And I saw this ad for a position that was new at Springfield Technical Community College, which I'll just call STCC. And it was to coordinate the Young Entrepreneurial Scholars Program at the college. And I wasn't really familiar with it. I hadn't seen it while I was a student there, but I thought, oh, you know, that's something I have always done some kind of entrepreneurship in my life, starting when I was young, selling things door to door. I come from a big family and we always seem to be selling something to make extra money. So I thought, well, this sounds really interesting because it kind of pulls together some of the different things I've been doing. And they were looking for someone to build up a program to build a kind of a a pipeline of students from the high schools to the community college in entrepreneurship. So they started an initiative and they wanted to grow it. And I thought, oh, that sounds really interesting. Let me apply for that. 
And sadly, I didn't get the job. And so I kept <laughs> looking and looking. And then I got a call a few weeks later saying, well, the person that we really wanted didn't take the job. So would you like it? <laughs> and I said, yes, absolutely. So I started then, and it's hysterical because every so often my boss would say, you know, you really weren't our first choice. Just kidding. (laughs) But you said yes. And there's so much. I said yes. Yes. There's so much there that you said, Diane, to kind of unpack because you're ahead of your time, the windy career (laughs) path that we're telling all of our students these days, uh, prepare yourself for. You've lived it, right? The last couple decades. I thought it was interesting too, how you mentioned your earlier career working with people with disabilities, because one fact of community colleges that serve well over, educate well over 6 million students, both full-time and and part-time is 20% of the population of community college students have disabilities, which is very interesting. A lot of people don't realize that, but thinking about entrepreneurial mindset, sometimes you can take what might be perceived as a a challenge and you actually turn it into an asset. But I want to talk a little bit more about your first thinking about entrepreneurship, because I I think when you first read that, uh, you probably were very entrepreneurial, but maybe you didn't see yourself that way. So maybe reflect on like, what what did you think during that time? If we're going back, you know, 20 some years ago, I think We always, because as I said, growing up, I come from a family that had six kids. And so we were always, you know, we got very small allowances if we got them. And so if we wanted extra money for anything, we had to figure out how to make that happen. And I think that's the entrepreneurial mindset, you know, going after what you want to have and how can I get that? So I think that was always kind of the case with us. And it's funny that that was so because my dad always worked in the same job his entire life. That was the time when they got one job and stayed there forever. Mm-hmm. Whereas entrepreneurs are sort of always looking for the next opportunity. But in any case, I think while I was working with the high school students and setting up those programs, and we ended up creating a pipeline from elementary school all the way through four-year colleges and beyond for entrepreneurship education. And it kept poking at me. It was like a nudge. Every time we'd go through another year, another program, another after-school initiative, whatever we were doing, it spoke to me personally. And during that time, my parents, both of them ultimately passed away. And I said, well, this is an opportunity to kind of honor their memory and use a little bit of funds that I got when they died and start my own business. So I ended up starting a side hustle, as it were, while I was working in the program. So I was teaching and learning at the same time, and then teaching, learning, and doing, which in a lot of ways made me so much better when I was teaching my programs and classes because I was experiencing it and living through it. Well, that that is, I think, something for everyone who is listening to think about. First of all, side hustle, if you might not know what that is. <laughs> that's how a lot of entrepreneurs begin. Uh, they might like to bake. They might like to do other things. So they kind of do it on the side. Uh, even as our podcast producing partner, Airfluence, like they love podcasts. And lo and behold, eventually they they turned it into a full-time gig, if you will. But I am one of the recipients of purchasing some of your beautiful scarves. So I didn't, I did not wear one today, but I probably should have in retrospect. So talk about how you really focused in on that as a potential business. Cause I know you, you love to travel and you do some of your purchasing abroad. So it might be something that somebody's thinking about what might they do for their side hustle and they can learn from you. That's a great question. I, have always been a scarfaholic, I like to call myself. So 
every time I go anywhere, travel anywhere, I would buy scarves. And part of the high school program was we took students to the wholesale district in New York City. So we would take like six to eight busloads of high school students that we were collaborating with from our region and bring them to the wholesale district so they could experience buy low, sell high. It was the how do I make money? What are the gross profits? So it Mm -hmm. helped in so many ways to actualize what was happening in their classroom, hands-on learning experiences. And without fail, every time we went to New York, I would come home with bags of scarves. (laughs) And I'm thinking, huh, here's something I love. And I can use the skills that I have in my love of scarves to start a scarf business. And I originally thought I was going to sell only online because I thought that would be all the bandwidth I would have part-time doing this as a side hustle. So I, it was a great experience because I love technology. I love everything online. And I set up a Shopify store, bought the domain. So I went step-by-step through starting the business and doing it legally. So I could then help teach my students exactly how to do the kinds of things that I was learning about while I was doing them. Wow. But it was something I love. And it's called Orange Scarf. It's an homage to my, my parents my dad had five daughters and no matter what we asked him about our outfits, does this look good? Should I wear this? He'd say, all that outfit needs is a nice orange scarf. Oh, and it was like his, his standard response. Yeah. So that's why I named it. So, oh, and beautiful. I like to give back to causes and volunteer. And I am definitely a feminist in supporting women's causes. So I support organizations that support women with my business. Nice. And maybe this October, when Nacy celebrates its 20th anniversary in Boston at the Park Plaza Hotel, might you set up a table uh, in our marketplace where you can have some of your scarves and, and tell your stories? Because I, like you, love to purchase things when I'm traveling and out and yep. about. And they bring back such good memories of meeting yep. people and experiences And on that note, um, I would love for you to share maybe a memory or two of your early experience at a NACI conference. And just for those who might be listening that don't quite understand that, when entrepreneurship became more, I guess, fashionable, if you will, or, or more common, there was an early group of adopters that were together at Springfield Technical Institute, and they convened, I think, 139 people from around the country that said, you know, entrepreneurship. Yes, I will come to something. I have no idea what this is about. And what's interesting about this, Diane, is that we have a plaque in our headquarter office with the names inscribed of those, uh, we're calling them those founding members, the people that raised their hand and came to the first conference. So our staff is actually going back 20 years ago and looking to find where those people are. You were easy to find because you never left. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, maybe share some memories of that first conference, maybe some of the people that you met. And I I do understand that you still keep in touch with some of those folks to this day. They might have different jobs, but you you all have sort of had this journey together. Absolutely. I think the very first conference that was held in Springfield, clearly as the organization that put it all together and was was making it happen and saying, we know there's interest in entrepreneurship at community colleges based on the number of people that have come to visit our programs or called us, but we don't know if they'll buy into this kind of an organization. So we, it was holding our breath, basically. It's a collective holding of our breath. But what it turned out to be was... It's it's sort of the Seth Godin, we found our tribe. The people who believed what we believed 
and knew that there was more than a place for entrepreneurship on community college campuses. As our earliest members and founders used to say, community colleges are where the rubber meets the road. We make things happen. And we were uniquely positioned both top down and bottom up to build entrepreneurship on all our campuses. So the experience of meeting these amazing trendsetters, each of them on their own campuses, were the trendsetters in entrepreneurship. They were the Johnny Appleseeds planting the seeds of entrepreneurship. And it was exciting and so fabulous to find people that you could connect with and then meet year after year, learn from, talk about things with, go over what you're trying and doing, what works for you, what doesn't. So the original sins, I like to call us, (laughs) were people that went for years and years and years. So the Tims, Tim Matan and Tim Putnam, Carlene Cassidy, Donna Duffy, myself, there was so many people there for the early years. And then Heather at that time, Van Sickle was running the organization, your predecessor. And so there's people that just were there from the get-go. And they knew that this was something they wanted to be a part of. And that thread of excitement and being invigorated and inspired started at that conference and I think is true to this day. So every year, I could not wait to go to the Macy conference to see my peeps, basically. These are my tribe. Your tribe. And what I think is really interesting, and you're right, you know, Heather did such a great job the first sort of decade of Macy along with others building it. And I think about tribe in Macy language is that the tribe is very diverse. And and I love Mm -hmm. that about this organization because, you know, it's not that the tribe is everybody is the same. What makes it vibrant, what makes it work is people have different life experiences. And what we're starting to see, and I'll, I'll give you just a little update, which is exciting, is Back in about 2015 or 16, when NACI really had to grapple with kind of funding challenges, we were dependent on one funder. We thought, we're going to go bold. We are going to really lean into diversity, equity, inclusion, and, and try to really not only diversify our membership even more and our board, but our funding base. So fast forward in 2016, our annual budget was about $1.2 million. In 2022, our our organizational budget is $10.4 million and 89% of that funding goes directly back to our member colleges to co-create new resources, to deliver programs that are very meaningful across. And I think about, you know, the, the sort of the trajectory and, and what makes it work is we have people like you and Carlene and the Tims and kind of like that founding legacy group that never really abandon it. But what we're starting to see is this whole generation of new members and new faculty and people with new jobs, titles that didn't even exist five years ago that are really embracing that. And it's really um, making, I think, the NACI tribe even more vibrant and diverse. So I cannot wait to see you in Boston. We are actually going to have a special Founders Reception, where we really want to honor you guys and and really think about um, the legacy that of what you've created. So as we wrap up our time here, Diane, I know you are a very optimistic, a very enthusiastic person. So uh-huh. I want you to close us out by speaking about the future and, and what are you hopeful about in the future and how do you see entrepreneurship continuing to be relevant as we all really make our way forward in this, in this new paradigm, uh, hopefully post-pandemic experience? I am extremely hopeful. And I, I think that 
speaking to that diverse community that's highly inclusive is really at the core of what the future holds for us. And for me, I think that it's going to center around a huge amount of innovation. I think people coming up with new ideas, new way of doing things, new everything, which is also at the heart of entrepreneurship. But I think innovation specifically coming from a diverse and very inclusive group of people is going to just explode as we move forward. But I was digging through some old materials, kind of prepping for today's session, and I came across some presentations from the early days of NACI. And I wanted to share some visions that that NACI had at the very beginning, because I thought they were pretty apt and still current. So the, the original NACI will be a major channel of distribution for best practices in entrepreneurship and student incubation at the community college level. But the imagine a world where every community college drives new venture creation and economic entrepreneurship and workforce education in their community. The entrepreneurial dreams of today's students become the new venture creations of tomorrow's business leaders and generate economic vitality for their communities. Pretty interesting. Current, right? 20 years ago, that was the 20 odd years ago. And that's, it's so apt because you think about what we're doing with entrepreneurial, the everyday entrepreneurial venture fund that was created by the the Wise Millers. We Mm -hmm. are launching this entrepreneurial college of the future initiative with 15 colleges. So it just shows you really the power of putting the intention out and and sticking with it, right? So, you know, even as things wind in your family and in your career, you all just stuck with it. And I think about Carlene too. Now she's running a foundation and how generous the Radcliffe Foundation has been with mm-hmm. Carlene's leadership moving things forward. So Absolutely. I, I thank you so much, Diane, for sharing that. We can't wait to see you in Boston. We have a lot of exciting things planned. If people want to learn more about NACE, they can go to NACCE.com. And if they want to connect with you, Diane, remind us again how they can get onto your website. So for my career at stick it's d sabato d-s-a-b-a-t-o at stcc.edu my side hustle is orangescarf.com okay make it a great day everybody and, and thanks to all our listeners around the world we really appreciate you being with us thank you for joining us today we hope that you will continue to explore the many ways to define entrepreneurship with NACI as we celebrate opportunity failing forward and success learning from one another along the way. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform and follow at NACI on social media and learn more about us at NACI.com forward slash podcast. Stay tuned for a new episode each week. We look forward to making our way forward together with you. Have you heard the exciting news? NACI recently released a new publication titled The NACI Playbook, Volume 1, all about how entrepreneurial mindset sets the new standard for success in communities and colleges. The NACI Playbook digs into entrepreneurial mindset and how practicing leadership with this framework creates an agile culture with space to innovate, co-create, fail forward, and accelerate growth. 
Entrepreneurship and entrepreneurial leadership require us to lean in, anticipate and recognize trends, manage change, be resilient, take risks, reflect, and rest in the knowledge that anything is possible. Learn from our innovative, insightful, generous network who navigates both challenges and opportunities entrepreneurially as we share what we've learned and how you might apply their experience to your work. We hope you'll be as inspired as we were. Learn more at www.nacyplaybook.com.